Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep, and especially on Christmas Eve as you get ready and anticipate a great matchup like the Clippers and Lakers, you can have trouble sleeping. Another problem with sleeping, temperature. Tough to get good sleep if you're too hot. I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by the leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool and your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com pro, E-I-G-H-T sleep.com pro, 8sleep.com pro. <laughs> Damn it, for three, Somebody tell him he's a rookie. Jesse Cass here with you for another brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Merry Clipmas as we get ready for the Clippers and the Lakers Christmas Day showdown. Highly anticipated, very excited to talk about it and break it down for you here on Christmas Eve as we record this podcast and get you ready for a little holiday fun. Uh, Before we get to that, some quick business to tend to. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. Uh, We're also available on all of your favorite directories, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find the show in several, many, hundreds of other shows on the Believe Podcast Network at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And any social media platform, the handle is at Believe Podcast. Also, follow along with me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cast. So, with all that out of the way... We are here, as we said, on the Believe Podcast Network for a preview of the Clippers and the Lakers, the second meeting of the year, but the first where we'll likely see both teams as close to full strength as possible. Of course, the Clippers have yet to play a game all season long with their full roster and set of players intact, so that hopefully should be the case for the Clippers. Lakers dealing with some injuries of their own with LeBron and AD going through some of their injuries. LeBron missed in the last game with a groin injury. AD kind of coming out in and out of the ball game in their last game with a knee issue. They're both questionable but expected to play in the Christmas Day matchup. So we'll get to all of that. But as we said, 
uh, a little bit more to catch up on with the Clippers before we get into the Clippers and the Lakers. As we last talked with the Clippers, they were coming off that extremely disappointing loss to the Houston Rockets. They had, guess what, another back-to-back to follow it up on the road against the Spurs and the Thunder. Part good, part bad in that one as well as the Clippers had one of their most thorough dominant wins of the year against the Spurs. Kawhi Leonard looked as spry, as bouncy, as explosive as he has all year long. So clearly, the way that they're managing him, the load management, as frustrating as it may be at times, is is working. Because in the beginning of the season, Kawhi Leonard, despite the incredible numbers he still continues to put up no matter what, he's been able to get better progressively in terms of his explosion, athleticism, and he looks amazing. His game against the Spurs was eye-popping. The dunks he had, the explosive drives to the rim, put-back dunks, steals into transition slams, just the way he was moving, it was really evident that he's taking it up another level and just how quickly people forget. I know the 24-hour news cycle, all these stupid shows where people are comparing Kawhi and LeBron on a daily basis. You know what? Sometimes two players can just both be great at the same time, and they're both two of the three, two of the five best players in the league. And for Kawhi, it's kind of remarkable that all of the doubt that he's gotten just, what, a few months removed from carrying a team to the NBA championship and having one of the most epic playoff runs individually ever. So he clearly has not lost anything. He's going to be just fine as the season continues to roll on. So Kawhi, that was an amazing sight to see. Uh, And he's really been amazing all year long. You look at his stats, and as we said, there's been, I feel like, some negative perception about Kawhi because of the load management, and maybe he hasn't been quite as explosive as normal. His numbers are still ridiculous. 25.5 points per ball game, nearly 8 rebounds, 5 assists, which is a career high, and nearly 2 steals per ball game in just 31 minutes a game. So Kawhi is just getting better and better, and that presence for the Clippers is a great sign. So for Kawhi Leonard... That was, as we said, on display and extremely evident in the win against his former team, the San Antonio Spurs, and the first win Kawhi has ever had on the road against San Antonio Spurs. So I'm sure that felt really good for Kawhi, who was just phenomenal. Just played 27 minutes, 26 points on 11 of 16 shooting, 7 boards and 9 assists. Also had 4 steals to boot, so he was just thorough in his domination and Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams also chipped in over 20 apiece. Harkless and Zubat each had 15. Paul George was quiet with just 11 points. As we said, as we said they didn't really need a whole lot from, from him in that ball game to overcome the Spurs. And the Clippers came away with a 134-109 win uh, that they then followed up with a very disappointing loss. So uh, they played the Oklahoma City Thunder the following night. Uh, back and forth game, although the Clippers led by... 17 in that ball game. They were up by eight with about five minutes to go and just crumbled down the stretch. And uh, it's been a little bit of a concern lately. And obviously, this was a game where it was a load management game for Kawhi. Patrick Beverly didn't play, dealing with a, a groin issue. Uh, you know, some of the other players were coming back. Michael Green came back into the fold for the Clippers. Obviously, Landry Shamit getting his feet wet and getting more comfortable game after game. So a little bit of a mismatch of players going in and players coming back and going out. Uh, But over the last five games or so, we've seen a lot of that inconsistency. And in in every single ball game, the Clippers have had moments where they look great. And they've been up by double figures in all of those ball games. It's just been, are they going to keep the lead in the game? Are they going to let it slip away? Uh, In the game the week prior against the Chicago Bulls, 
I felt like that was more fatigue-oriented, where they were at the end of that six-game road trip, five games and seven nights, second game of a back-to-back again without Kawhi. And in that game, they had the big lead and let it slip uh, and ended up falling very late in that game. This one, of course, has a similar kind of feel to that, but I it didn't feel the same in terms of seeing it with the eye test. This game was one that there was no real fatigue for the Clippers. They were coming off a game where they won by 25 points. Everyone's minutes were held in check the night before. Of course, there is the key factor of missing Kawhi and Beverly, which is no small thing. But even with that said, and Doc Rivers echoed this in the postgame, they didn't need them in that game to win the ball game. They're up 98-90 to 90 with five minutes to go. And then it just really kind of went off the rails. Paul George had an awful game, which, you know, everyone's entitled to having a bad game now and again. These guys are human, but he just was not good down the stretch at all. A lot of bad turnovers. Uh, His shot was not falling, just 6 of 17. Uh, Lou Williams, 22 points to lead the way, but also just 7 of 20 from the field. And just defensive breakdowns down the stretch for a Clippers team that obviously can be dynamic in a shutdown defense when they want to be. Uh, For the Clippers, I thought in the game against the Thunder, they went to the zone a little too much. I thought it worked really well in stretches, and I think that's what it's best designed for, at least on the NBA level, to kind of throw teams off when they're not expecting it, Uh, not quite sure, obviously get your guys some rest on the second out of a back-to-back, that's important. Uh, But they, you know, the zone was working in the third, maybe early in the fourth, but clearly at a certain point, the Thunder figured it out, and the Clippers just stayed in that zone defense rather than switching back to a man-to-man. And they were just unable to, A, get the stops, and B, when they did, get the defensive rebounds, which of course is a key concern in the zone where you don't specifically have a man to box out. So I thought the zone defense, which I've actually really enjoyed and think has helped the Clippers for the majority of the games they've played it in, I thought it really hurt them down the stretch of this game versus the Thunder. And uh, it was a little bittersweet seeing our old friend Shea Gilgis-Alexander match his career high for the second game in a row. 32 points in the ball game. He was the best player on the floor in that game. Steven Adams also had a big game of 20-17. and 17. And Dennis Schroeder, 28 points, including four three-pointers. Not a great three-point shooter, but of course, in the zone, as we said, They'll get a lot of those looks, and he was able to knock them down, and that led to a very disappointing loss for the Clippers at 118-112. Dropped them to 22-10 on the year, and leads us into this Christmas Day matchup versus the LA Lakers. So now that we've caught up, let's get into it. The Clippers and Lakers, round two, here on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, so it's the matchup we've all been waiting for. Of course, these teams did play on opening night, with the Clippers coming away with a 112-102 win without Paul George in that ball game, uh, Obviously the first game of the season, a lot has happened since then, uh, but quickly we'll revisit that before getting into this game. In that ball game, Kawhi Leonard led the way, 30 points, 6 boards, 5 assists. Lou Williams had 21, and Montrez had 17 and 7. Pat Beverly did not shoot well, 1 of 7, but had 10 rebounds and 6 assists for the Clippers, who really ran away with that game late in the fourth quarter. Danny Green for the Lakers was incredible. He had 28 points, which he hasn't even come close to since this season. Went wild with seven three-pointers. Anthony Davis with a big stat line, 25-10-5. And and LeBron, 18-9-8. But the Clippers' defense down the stretch, especially in the fourth quarter, was the difference. Davis and LeBron from the field, a combined 15-40. of And they combined for just two points in the fourth quarter. 
And obviously that on the heels of a lot of talk of how are the Clippers going to be able to stop Anthony Davis? They have no one to guard him. Uh, they clearly figured out a way in that first matchup to slow him down late. His stat line, as we said, was still good with 25 and 10, but Clippers did plenty of things with their team defense to to help out and make it tough on Davis down the stretch. So Clippers won that first ball game, as we said, a long time ago now, back on October 22nd. So both teams have a lot more under their belt and a lot to look forward to as the Lakers coming in on a three-game losing streak. We mentioned the Clippers kind of trading off wins and losses over the past five ball games. So both teams stumbling a little bit coming into this matchup. And injuries are a factor as well. We know for the Clippers, we mentioned Kawhi Leonard and Beverly missed the last ball game. I think they should both be good to go for the ball game on Christmas night. And for the Lakers, LeBron James with that groin issue missed the last game. And Anthony Davis dealing with that knee issue. As we said, they're both expected to play. And I think with the hype and the magnitude of this ball game, everyone, if they're physically able, will give it a go as long as there's nothing too serious on the injury front. So I think we'll see all hands on deck. And that includes for the Clippers, Shamit, Jamichael Green, uh, Lou Williams, of course, who missed a game or two, Paul George, who did not play in that first game. Everyone should be good to go for the Clippers and the Lakers. It should be uh, an incredible, fun matchup between the two. And I think that note of who's going to stop Anthony Davis is one we've obviously heard from the Laker fans over and over and over again. Listen, no one in the league is going to be able to fully stop Anthony Davis. Great offense beats great defense all the time. And certainly there are tough matchups for the Clippers. That is one of them. But they have plenty of guys that they can throw at to at least make it tough on Anthony Davis. You know, in the beginning of the game, we'll see Zubats. He obviously can get stretched out a little bit in that matchup. But in terms of his size down in the block, can definitely do a good job there. Then you've got Jamichael Green, who's a, a great long defender. Mo Harkless will have his opportunities. Patrick Patterson could get in there for a minute or two. And then, of course, Kawhi Leonard has the strength and the length to be able to bother Davis as well. So I think that that aspect of things is a little overblown. Davis is going to play well pretty much no matter who he's facing. But it's always about the team defense as well, the rotations for the Clippers, who's on the help side, who's digging down on double teams, and how quickly can they get back out and rotate. So it's not always about the individual matchup. As we said, that can be said for Davis. He's going to dominate virtually anyone he's going to play. But for the Clippers, can you make him work for his points? Can you make him shoot a poor percentage, which they did in the first matchup? That'll be a big factor in this one. And that goes the same on the other end, too, for the Lakers, who we kind of alluded to it a little bit in our previous episode. You could say the same thing about them having to guard either Kawhi or Paul George, because LeBron, as amazing as he can be, obviously will take some time on one of those guys but he has to kind of expend his energy or pick and choose his spots with his energy defensively, uh, despite how great he still is, one of the best players in the world, if not the best. You know, defensively, he's not going to be able to exert his full effort on one of those guys for the full 48 minutes of the ball game. So for the other guys on the Lakers, I don't really see someone, you know, going back on the same vein of who's going to stop Davis, who's necessarily going to stop Kawhi or George. You've got as we said, LeBron. But after that, Kuzma's not a great defender. Caldwell Pope can definitely defend well, as Bradley can, as can Danny Green. But they're all undersized when it comes to either Paul George or Kawhi. So those are certainly matchups that can be taken advantage of there as well. And it'll be really interesting to see how the Clippers attack those and how they play off of each other, how the Lakers try to match up with, 
with Paul George on the floor. And speaking of Paul George, it's really wild to see how improved the Clippers' offense is since he's come into the fold versus what they were like before he started playing through the first 11 ball games of the year. And remember talking about a lot of the early games, despite the Clippers still racking up wins in that time, their offense was just so mired and so ugly for certain games where they had to grind out wins with their defense near the bottom of the league in three-point percentage and shooting in that way. And since he's coming to the fold, they went from 27th in three-point shooting when he's not on the floor to fourth best in the league when he is. George shooting over 40% from downtown. And just his presence on the floor, accompanied by Kawhi and Lou and Trez, opens up so much for the other shooters. And that's allowed Patrick Beverly, who got off to a disastrous start shooting, to again, like we saw last year, become a great three-point shooter. Shaman, of course, coming back adds that element as well. We've seen Patrick Patterson shoot it really well from downtown. Really, everyone just gets better open looks when you have another creator, another dynamic offensive force like Paul George. So that'll be another wrinkle that the Lakers defense will have to handle. Uh, So I I think that's going to be really exciting to see. And we'll see on the Clippers' end, as we have all year long, them throwing multiple defenders at the two key cogs for the Lakers and James and Davis. And I think we'll see Kawhi on LeBron a fair amount. I think we'll also see, of course, Harkless get that assignment. Paul George will have his crack at that. Jermichael Green. Really, so many people that the Clippers can throw at the Lakers defensively to at least give themselves some rest. So if you get down to a late-game situation where it's a close game, you might be more more well-rested and ready uh, to come up big in those moments. And I think that's honestly been one of the bigger differences between the two ball clubs so far this year. And certainly credit to the Lakers, who still have the best record in the Western Conference, despite having lost three in a row. 24-6, and Clippers are 22-10. and As we said, the Clippers have been a little less healthy than the Lakers have throughout this season so far. But for the Lakers, the big difference is, and we talk, we've talked about it before, is just the amount of minutes that these guys are playing. And for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard averaging 31 minutes per ball game, Paul George averaging 30, and those are the two highest on the team. Lou Will right at 30, Montrez at 29, and Landry Shamit in his limited action through some injuries at 28 minutes per ball game. For the Lakers on the flip side, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, both right at 35 minutes per ball game, and especially for LeBron, even though he's a freak of nature, maybe the greatest athlete we've ever seen in professional basketball. He hasn't slowed down a beat. He's having a phenomenal year. But you have to think at some point, 35 minutes a game for both of these guys, uh, maybe we're already seeing that toll take its effect with both of them dealing with injuries as we sit here heading into Christmas Day, still very early in the season. And even though we're pumped about this matchup, excited, in the grand scheme of things, the matchup itself is not going to matter a whole lot. What's going to matter is when we get into April, May, June, if these guys are healthy on both sides. So I think it's a great sign for the Clippers. They've been able to win ball games and keep the minutes relatively low for their stars. For the Lakers, clear they're winning a ton of ball games. Maybe they think that they can run out, get a big enough lead to the one seed, and then try to rest their guys later in the year. But right now, big tax on their two key stars. Everyone else under that, obviously, is on a different level than those two and not playing as many minutes. But the two key ones for the Lakers are, of course, LeBron and AD. And right now, both at an extremely high minute total. I don't think it's going to necessarily matter on Christmas Day in this individual matchup. But as we said, down the backstretch of the season, that'll be a really interesting thing to look at to see if the Lakers are slowing down, if they're hampered by any type of injuries. And the same for the Clippers with their approach of 
load management, keeping their players more well-rested, and obviously having just an overall deeper bench and roster, which allows them to do that. So I think that'll be really important to see, as we said, going down the backstretch of the season. But with all that said, that still doesn't diminish how exciting this matchup is and how much animosity there seems to be between the two franchises. And obviously there's always been that kind of animosity between the fan bases and the teams, uh, with the Lakers, of course, having their storied history and the Clippers being the underdog in that Clippers in the past couple of years being a much better team and the Lakers kind of going through their struggles, there has always seemed to be just a great deal of fear and insecurity from the Lakers fan base about the Clippers in general. And I don't think anyone, even on the Clippers side, is disputing that the Lakers overall have had the better franchise. They have one of the best franchises in sports history. You think of the championships and everything they've done through their storied history. But for whatever reason, that same sense of insecurity about the Clippers coming and infringing upon their territory uh, exists inside the Lakers front office and team as well as 0% coincidence that, you know, the day before the big matchup or two days before the big matchup, we see this article released with Sam Amick talking about Kawhi Leonard and the recruitment process and how his uncle Dennis wanted improper benefits and concessions like ownership stakes and shares and things that are not allowed under the CBA and just conveniently released at this time where they had the NBA investigate the Clippers for winning that battle and signing Kawhi Leonard rather than him signing with the Lakers. It just feels like a lot of sour grapes and even in that article at the end of the article the Lakers said oh we don't want to complain even though we had this whole article leaking out multiple quotes about how upset we were but we're not complaining even though we are exactly complaining. So uh, it just adds another layer to this thing where clearly for whatever reason the Lakers feel slighted that they lost out on a big time free agent and two of them to be exact with Paul George was the apple of their eye a couple years ago as well. Uh, And maybe just jealous of the way that the Clippers have run their organization. Now listen, the Lakers clearly have a great team now. It worked out for them, but they really stumbled into this great situation that they're in because LeBron wanted to be in Los Angeles and they had the cap space at the time. It's really nothing more than that. Their front office was an absolute disaster and clown show for the past five years. And really, just because of LeBron wanting to be there uh, and his desire to play with Anthony Davis, it is what it is. They were able to get that done, but by no means does anyone think they did a great job in their front office. Now, that doesn't matter. They got the desired product on the floor that they needed to have a good team. But all the petty squabbles and insecurity through the media uh, is just very unbecoming and and annoying, frankly. Let's just play the game. Two very good teams, two very competitive teams, and let's have fun with it. These are two great ball clubs with a lot of star power, a lot of firepower, and the focus should be the Battle of L.A., the, the product on the floor between the two ball clubs, the greatness of Kawhi, the greatness of LeBron, A.D., Paul George, so many great players on the floor. That's what we're here to see. That's what we want to talk about rather than kind of the unnecessary, dumber stuff, if you would, uh, on the side or complaining about the recruitment process and where Kawhi ultimately ended up signing. He's with the Clippers. He signed there because he wanted to play with Paul George and play for Doc Rivers and didn't want to be kind of the third fiddle with LeBron and AD. And that is what it is. Now we have, instead of a juggernaut team and one team that everyone's afraid of like we had the past five years with the Warriors. Now we have these two titans going at it, and that's what it's all about. So uh, the, the game itself should be really exciting. I think the key 
for the, the Clippers is clearly stopping one of those two guys in LeBron and AD and trying to make the other guys beat you and particularly do it from the outside. Now, Rajon Rondo, give him credit, he shot over 41% from downtown after really being a terrible three-point shooter for the first half, good chunk of his career, but he's done a nice job making that adjustment. Uh, but a lot of those guys are not shooting it that well from three. Uh, Avery Bradley at just 25%, no big surprise there. Danny Green can knock it down, but if you can make some of those third-tier guys shoot like Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, we mentioned Bradley, and even Rondo, even though he is shooting it well, got to continue to make him prove that he can hit that shot. And I think that while we did say there are some issues with the zone, I think in short bursts it can be very effective in kind of throwing off a team's rhythm. So I'd expect to see a little bit of the zone defense again, uh, but that leads to the other key of the ball game, which is rebounding against what can be a very big and imposing front line for the Lakers. So when they do have Dwight Howard on the court with Anthony Davis or JaVale McGee, how do the Clippers match up? Do they go small? Will they be Will they be able to rebound? And I think the ability to play and score well when they're potentially small could be a big factor in kind of taking the Lakers' strength away from them. But really when it comes down to it, who's going to show up in terms of the big stars and who's going to perform better out of the big duos? And for the, the Clippers, their biggest advantage in that is that they have two other dynamic 20-point scorers in Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell that they can give their usual effort, they can shoot it well from the outside with their secondary role player pieces, then I think the Clippers have another good shot at coming out on top again, but I think it'll be a close, competitive ball game, and we'll see what happens on Christmas Day. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. We hope that you have a very safe, happy, and fun holiday, no matter which holiday you're celebrating here, and a very fun Christmas Day and Christmas night with the Clippers and the Lakers and what is one of the most highly anticipated Christmas games in quite some time. So if you do enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. It's also available on Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find us in any other show, including Believe in Lakers and Believe in many other LA and NBA area shows at Believe.com and on any social media handle at Believe Podcast. So with all that said, We will talk to you again after the Christmas Day showdown. Until then, thank you for tuning in here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Merry Christmas. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.